The Word of God is living. It is powerful, infallible, indestructible, incorruptible, and it will work mightily in me. And now, your host, Pastor Jerry Maya Williams, from the service already in progress. Hallelujah! 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 Come on and shout with me. God is good. God is good. Amen. I said, God is good. and be seated. We welcome you to this hour power. Those of you here in person, those of you watching by the live stream, welcome, welcome, welcome. And today is the day that the Lord hath made and we all ought to be rejoicing and be glad in it. Today is the first day of spring. 11.30 a.m., but I'm, I'm rejoicing already. Amen. Amen. You know, spring speaks of birth. And I just pray that in this new season, that every one of us will give birth to something that we've been carrying, we've been pregnant with. Now's the time to get birth, to get birth because spring has come. Glory to God. And I just pray the Lord put some, some, some real pep in our step. Come on. Put some spring in us. Help us to come alive. I, I, I'm, you know, I'm tired of the COVID pandemic blues. Amen. Amen. Now, we're not going to get careless or anything like that. But the point is, we got to change the way we think. Because... Based on how you think, that's what you attract to yourselves. So I'm going to rejoice and be glad. Amen? Amen. Hey, good to see uh, Apostle Pastor Denise Hargraves. Amen. You, get, you got a word you want to share? He's just happy to be here. Huh? All right. I'm happy to see you. Glory to God. Well, let's get into the word of the Lord. Amen. Let's get into the word of the Lord. If you open your Bibles this morning to Matthew, the gospel of Matthew, chapter 18. And I want to continue with the series I began last week. A series entitled Forgive and Live Without Regret. Forgive and live without regret. Last week, I'll talk to you about perfect forgiveness. And today, I want to talk to you about forgiven and ungrateful. Forgiven and ungrateful. Here in Matthew chapter 18, at verse 21, Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often, shall I, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. 
Here, Peter asked a question and answered the question. Anybody that asks you a question and answers the question before hearing your answer, that person has an agenda. How many hear what I'm saying? Peter had an agenda. Perhaps some of the apostles were in conflict with Peter or Peter having a spat with some of the other apostles. Now the rabbis had taught the Jewish people that you should only forgive a person up to three times. Now Jesus, now Peter comes to Jesus and he says, how often shall my brother offend against me and I forgive him? Oh, I know the answer, up to seven times. But that wasn't the right answer. It was a good try because seven is God's perfect number. And this is why we talked about perfect forgiveness last Sunday. So Peter said up to seven times, Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times 70. Up to 70 times 70. Now, if you were doing some math, you would say, oh, that's 490 times. But this is not what the Lord's trying to get across. We need to understand what Jesus is teaching Peter. First of all, he's teaching Peter that forgiveness should be perfect forgiveness. And when we perfectly forgive, it becomes a way of life. It becomes our lifestyle. It teaches us how to get along with everybody all the time. You see, you need to understand that forgiveness is not a question of arithmetic calculation. It, it, this is not about arithmetic. This is about your conduct. This is about how you live. This is about the lifestyle you want to embrace if you're a child of God and if you believe you're living in the kingdom of God. And because of that truth, Jesus went on to share a parable with Peter and the others. He shared a parable to get this point across, and we call this parable the parable of the forgiving king and the unforgiving servant. Now look at verse 23. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle his account with his servants. So he's saying the kingdom of heaven is compared to this story I'm going to tell you. And this story he's going to tell, uh, tell them has many lessons in it for us. We need to understand we're living in the kingdom of God. We're not outside of that kingdom. Every true believer, everyone that's called by his name, everyone that has his spirit, and if you have not his spirit, you're none of his, Paul said, but if you have his spirit, you're living in the economy of the kingdom of God. And here's the way you conduct yourself in the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, you conduct yourself by forgiving. And you forgive as often as you need to forgive. Remember, Jesus taught his disciples in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 6. He taught them to pray this model prayer, what we call the disciples' prayer. In verse 12 of Matthew 6, he taught them, his disciples, to pray, to pray to the Father and say, Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Forgive us our debts. As we forgive our debtors. And in that same teaching about verse 14 and 15, he went on to explain to his disciples, for if you forgive men their trespasses, 
then your heavenly Father will forgive you. And believe me, you got a lot of them. We got a lot of them. Huh? Then he went on to say, if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your heavenly Father forgive your trespasses. I don't know about you, but I want to be forgiven. I want to be forgiven. You see, I wasn't born perfect. I was born in sin, shaped in iniquity, and all have fallen in sin. And the wages of sin is death. But thank God that gift, that gift of God is eternal life. And so he's telling us we ought to live a lifestyle in the kingdom of God by forgiving one another. Then he went on in that same message, in that same sermon. He preached a long sermon that day. In Matthew chapter 12, verse, uh, chapter 7, verse 12, he taught him another principle of life, another principle of living. Now, I don't know about you, but I embrace certain values, and I conduct my life by those values. I make decisions in life based on my values, and I encourage other people to make value-based decisions. You just don't decide to do something because you just decided to do Understand why you made that decision. That decision has to align with your values. And Jesus was teaching his disciples this value. He said, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. You do it unto others as you would have them to do it unto you. He says, this is the law and the prophets. This summarized all the law and all the prophets. So if you don't know anything else about living, then you can live by this code. Treat other people the way you want them to treat you. Is that right? You, you see, we have a lot of folks that don't forgive one another. They live for years carrying grudges, resentment, anger. And they refuse to forgive. And many of them are speaking in tongues. But they won't forgive their neighbor. They won't forgive that loved one, that spouse, that friend, that co-worker. They won't forgive that stranger they ran into and almost got into it with him. I know something about that now. But they wouldn't forgive him. When we don't forgive, I want we to understand what we're doing. When we don't forgive, we're actually edging God out. We're, we're just full of ego. When we don't forgive, according to Jesus, we are setting ourselves above the law of Christ. The law of Christ says, do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. And if you can't adhere to that law, then you're setting yourselves above that law. And not only are you setting yourself above the law of Christ, you're setting yourselves above the creator himself. If the creator forgives you, how much more should we forgive his creation. If God forgives, why can't his children forgive? Huh? So God doesn't ask us to do anything that we're unable to do. And I know some people say, it's, it's just hard for me to bring myself to forgive that person because they really, really hurt me. They, they, they really injured me. And it's hard to bring myself to forgive them. But God does not ask you to do anything that you're unable to do. Is that right? See, we can forgive. We can forgive and, and, and live our lives because we now have the capacity, the God-given capacity to forgive. 
And we can forgive knowing without regret that our sins have been forgiven. Our mistakes, our, our missteps, they've all been forgiven. Amen? So forgiven is really living. It's living with joy and peace. It's living without regrets. It's living knowing that you've been forgiven. But unforgiveness is ungratefulness. And that's what I'm talking about this morning. Forgiven and ungrateful. How could you be forgiven, but you're un so ungrateful, you can't, you can't forgive nobody else? Huh? Now, here in this parable, it starts at verse 23 in Matthew 18. Here in this parable, the parable of the forgiving king and the unforgiving servant, there are lessons for us to learn. But before we try to learn any of these lessons, what is forgiveness? What is forgiveness? Remember I told you forgiveness means that you're going to release that pain, release that fault, that trespass, that sin that the person committed against you. You're just going to release it. You're going to relieve them of the burden of shame, the, the burden of feelings unsettled every time they see you. You're going to relieve them of that. Forgiveness is you're just going to let it go. Let it go. Now, another way to look at forgiveness, when you look at the word forgive, forgive is really to forth give. What, what am I saying about that? Forth give. You're going to dismiss it absolutely from thought. Oh, thank you for those two ums. You're going to dismiss it absolutely from thought. That's how you know you're really forgiving somebody. I know I have forgiven some people because sometime later, sometime years later, they remind me of what they did to me, and, and I forgot it. Now, it's somewhere on my hard drive, but thank God it, it wasn't an open folder. It wasn't an open file. It wasn't active. And I'll talk about that a little bit next week or when, next time I stand here. I'll talk about, you know, forgive and forget. Should I forgive and forget? Some people say you should. You should forget actively. In other words, you're not trying to keep the fire going under that issue. You're not feeding that issue. But to forgive is to forgive. In other words, you're going to dismiss it absolutely from thought. Not going to think about it. Not going to waste my time on this. I'm going to live. I'm not going to allow this thing to steal my joy. Allow this thing to disturb my peace. I'm going to dismiss it absolutely from my thought. That's what real forgiveness is. Now here in this parable, in this parable, look at verse 23. Jesus says, therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay, the master commanded that he be sold 
with his wife and his children and all that he had, that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me. I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. But that servant, that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid his hands on him. And he took him by the throat. Pay me what you owe me. This servant was forgiven, but ungrateful. He was forgiven by the king. You see, every one of us need to understand that God is our king. He is our master. And every one of us have to settle our accounts with him. By, by the way, everybody has an account with him. And those accounts have to be settled with him. But we owe God so much for our life, our breath, our strength. We owe God for so much. When I look down through the years and see that so many things God has brought me out of, all I can do is say thank you, but I'll owe him for so much. This servant... When he was called to settle his account with the king, he owed the king 10,000 talents. And whether you're using the Jewish calculation or the Roman calculation, he owed him over a million dollars. Yet he can't forgive his fellow servant who only owes him just a few dollars. Hundred denarii was only like a few dollars. How, how do you compute that? How, how do you compute you can be harder on me than God ever was on you? Than God ever were on you? How's that you, you're so hard on other folk, but you forget about how gracious God has been to you? We are forgiven, but we're ungrateful. So this servant could not pay the debt. And a lot of people have been in positions like that. You had good intentions when you made commitments to borrow money or whatever. And you wasn't able to pay it. But there's a way you conduct yourself when you're not able to perform your part of the agreement. You don't hide. You don't take the phone off the hook. Look at Carla and Dee say, I'm not answering that one. What if they had not answered you when they committed you to the loan and gave you the money? But the servant fell down on his knees. He did the right thing. He fell down on his knees and he begged him. He begged him. He says, be, 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 be patient with me. I will pay you all the money. Don't sell me. Don't sell my wife and my children and all that I have. You see, in that day, when you owe money, you were cast into debtor's prison. Somebody else say amen. Because a lot of y'all be in jail right now. Huh? A lot of y'all be in jail right now because you owe more than you have income. 
That means you're living underwater. Huh? But there was a day, there was a day and a time in a society in first century when you owed money that you could not pay, you were cast into debtor's prison. Huh? Remember in 2 Kings chapter 4, when the widow woman came to the prophet Elisha because her husband had died. And this woman was in grief. She was in distress. She cried out to the prophet, Elijah, help me for my husband who feared God. He is now dead. And the creditors are coming to take my son because she had nothing to pay the debts of her husband. So the creditors were coming to take her sons into bondage, to make them slaves, to settle the account. And Elijah said to her, what do you have in the house? And I'm telling you, every one of us have something in the house. We have the capacity to love people. We have the capacity to forgive. We have the capacity to live in peace with others. We have something in the house. So the king forgave the servant. Isn't it interesting how soon we forget how good God been to us? Soon as the servant left the king's presence, he encounters a fellow servant who owed him just a few dollars. Just a few dollars. He's going to step up to this servant, this fellow servant. Get bad with him. Bold. Put his hands on him. And you know, you don't put your hands on nobody. Huh? Keep your hands to yourself. Huh? I, I know where I'm from. You put your hands on folk, you get a beat down. Huh? You get a beat down. He grabbed this servant, pay me what you owe me. Grabbed him by the throat, began to choke him. And his fellow servant fell down on his knees and says, Oh, just be patient with me. I will pay you all that I owe you. And he would not show compassion. He would not show him any kind of grace, any kind of mercy. He had his fellow servant cast into debtor's prison. That's wrong. That's wrong to do to other folk differently than God's done to you. That's wrong. You see, you're setting yourself up as God. You're living above the law of Christ. How's it that God can be good to us, but we never have it within us to be good to somebody else? How's it that? But when his other servants heard about it, how he had did his fellow servants, they went and told the king. They went and told the king. Now look at some of these lessons we ought to be learning. Look at verse 28. Verse 28. But that servant went out, found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And when he had laid his hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, pay me what you owe. Here's what God wants us to see out of this. We should forgive as often as we want to be forgiven. Forgive as often as you want to be forgiven. If you don't want God to forgive you sometime, then okay. Then you'll have to forgive your neighbor sometime, your loved one sometime. But forgive as often as you want to be forgiven. But if you want to be forgiven every time, then you ought to forgive 
every time. Hmm? And not to do that is to be ungrateful. When God does something for us, gratitude is not just a good feeling we have, but gratitude is how we interact with others as a result of that good feeling we have. And then when you think about how ungrateful we really are, the whole point Jesus is making here, here this man owed millions and he was forgiven. And he find a friend, a fellow servant, that only owes just a few dollars, a few dollars, and he can't forgive him for that. The debt, listen to me, beloved. Our debt of sin against God is greater than any debt that any man will ever owe us. And so what will you give in exchange for your soul? We owe God more than we will ever be able to repay. We have nothing with, with to pay. Nothing to pay. So all we can do is break down in humility and rely on the mercy and the grace of God because I have nothing with, with to pay. You think about your life. and Sometimes you have flashes about things that happened in your past, stuff you did, the places you were at, the, the stuff that you escaped when you shouldn't have escaped. What price would you put on any of that? I remember God brought me out of some very scathing situations when I wasn't even serving God. But I knew somebody was praying for me. I knew my mother was praying for me. I knew my mother's praying for me. And, and so now I'm indebted. I'm indebted to God for all that he's done to me. See, I was born in sin. The wages of sin is death. And we will never be able to repay those wages. We have nothing with, with to pay. We just broke. Spiritually, we all broke. We have nothing to pay. And so we need to be good to others the way God has been good to us. Look at verse 29, verse 30. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid his hands on him and he took him by the throat, saying, pay me what you owe me. So his fellow servant fell down at, at his knees and begged, saying, have patience with me and I will pay you all. Here's another lesson here. When you refuse to forgive, you place that other person in bondage. We are not in the business of bondage or placing others in bondage. But if you've got somebody in your life right now that you refuse to forgive, you haven't forgave, forgiven, you place that person in bondage. Now here this, this ungrateful servant, this unmerciful servant, in fact, the king called him a wicked servant, he threw his fellow servant into debtor's prison, had him arrested. So, so literally this man is in bondage. 
But spiritually, when we refuse to forgive, we place that person in bondage. Join us Sunday at Agape Word Fellowship, where Dr. Jerry Maya Williams is your pastor, proclaiming a life-changing message of the agape love and power that God is. For more information, log on now at www.agapeword.net. 1430 South New Hope Road, Agape Word Fellowship.